Today's Ringer NBA show heat check is brought to you by the Google Assistant. With the Google Assistant, you can complete over a million actions on your phone, in your car, and around the house. One of my favorites is to get the latest sports info when I'm in the car and can't be messing around with my phone. I can still get the latest scores, team records, and schedules. Download the Google Assistant today. And now, heat check. Welcome to the Heat Check Podcast. I'm your host, John Gonzalez, joined as I am every week by our producer, Isaac Lee. What's good, guns? Basketball is good, homie. Much of it college basketball related. The Ringer has you covered. We had uh, Roger Sherman do winners and losers from the Final Four over the weekend. That was a lot of fun. And uh, Shocker had an interesting piece. Did you read Shocker's piece? I did read it. The headline was maybe the greatest headline in Ringer site history. It's Villanova's offense is a death machine and it vaporized Kansas. So shouts to whichever editor wrote that one. That was great. I mean, sounds about right. And shouts to the Villanova Wildcats. V for Villanova as a big five guy who went to LaSalle. Sort of bittersweet for me. Like, I like seeing them do well because it's kind of a Philly team, but then not really liking watching them do well because it's a big five team. But they're in the championship, so we're rooting for Villanova. So go Villanova tonight against Michigan. But you can check out all your NCAA coverage on TheRinger.com. We also have, of course, the excellent One Shining podcast with Titus and Tate. They were all over the tournament. Isaac, did you see the picture that they put out on... When did these two guys become the Million Dollar Man? They were both (laughs) wearing... Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, super current pop culture WWE reference. Yes. But both of them were wearing tuxedos. And they were standing in front of a suitcase full of money, like big baby style. Yeah, I don't know how they got that money. I don't know how they got that money either. But uh, to Bill Simmons and Sean Fennessy and the rest of uh, the bosses here at The Ringer, Isaac and I would like to be paid in suitcases full of money. Yes. So make that happen. But so that's all your basketball coverage, NCAA basketball coverage. We've got all your NBA coverage here at the Heat Check Podcast. We've got another big program for you. We've got Sharks and Chow coming up. We did a surprises and disappointments piece last week on The Ringer. It was a group post. It was a lot of fun. We're going to do that with them. And then we're going to play a game that we've never played before. Should be interesting. KOC will also be on the program because he's constantly on the program. He's on every program. He doesn't go home. He just sleeps on one of the couches. He'll be here to discuss players that are back, players that still aren't, and players that might be on the move. He had a very interesting piece on TheRinger.com last week. We're going to talk to him about that. But first, there's no basketball today. There was a lot of basketball yesterday, and much of it had playoff implications. Many things happening with seeding, many teams moving up, moving down. And for that, we need a playoff expert. Let's bring her in. All right, as I mentioned, there was a ton of basketball yesterday, and seemingly all had playoff implications. And for that, we need to bring in our senior postseason correspondent. She's the Heat Check OG. Juliette Littman is back. Hello. What's up? I love when you're on the program. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. It's like a nice, warm security blanket. It's very comfortable. I'm familiar with it. And also, I needed you to discuss the Thunder with yes. me because they're one of the teams that's in flux. They lose. They win. I don't know what to make of them. It's been like this all season long. Yesterday, they snapped a, a three-game losing streak with a win over the Pelicans on the road. Russ had a triple-double. PG had a big three late. Mello stayed on the court, which we'll get into in a second. You are our resident Thunder enthusiast. What do you make of them? I think my spirit's been broken. Oh, yeah. That's it? They've crushed your will? (laughs) It's really tough. You know, even though they won, they were up like nine or ten with two minutes left. Mm -hmm. And then I forget who someone hit a three on the Pelicans, and they were up six. And then Russ comes back and takes a pull-up three like pretty early in the shot clock. I mean, it was like a minute and a half left. Yeah, really on brand. It was really like, it was like 2013, Russ. And... (laughs) Um, it was upsetting. It's hard. It's hard to watch that because you want them to be better. And it's just kind of like, have you learned anything? And the answer might be no. It's Russ, right? Like you're not going to get the Russ out of Russ. It's just the way he plays the I'm game. I'm tired of defending him. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that it was uh, encouraging that Paul George was involved late. Yes. Again, as I mentioned, Melo stayed on the court because previously they had lost those three games in a row. Melo sat the entire fourth quarter in an overtime loss to the Nuggets. And he was very hoodie mellow in that one. He had his hood up. He was sitting on the bench. He went to check in and decided not to because Jeremy Grant was playing well. And I'm like, well, this is a bad sign. He played the overtime 
in the loss, but didn't play the fourth quarter. And this, this is really interesting. I want to get into this with you. This is from our boy uh, Royce Young from ESPN. Anthony, who walked to the scorer's table with about three minutes left in regulation to check in, elected to sit himself back on the bench because Jeremy Grant, and now I'm paraphrasing, was playing well and hit a corner three. Anthony waved his hand at the court after Grant's three dropped and walked back to the bench telling Donovan to stick with Grant. Now, a couple of things here. You're Carmelo Anthony. He's Jeremy Grant. What the hell is Billy Donovan get paid for? I don't know. And this is the NBA, right? So players can check themselves in and out of games if you're of a certain stature. Sure. That part's fine. However, check the calendar and the standings. (laughs) You're in a playoff race here. You're jockeying for seeding. You're one of the great players of your generation. And you're like, eh. And Billy Donovan's like, okay. Like, to your point, what are they doing? It's confusing. I also noticed, I think in that same Royce Young article, it said that Melo was playing an all-time low, like 32 minutes per game. Which is fine. That's so high! 32 minutes a game? Yeah, That's a lot for a (laughs) 33-year-old. Okay. (laughs) At first, I thought you were thinking, like, playing more. Yeah, you're right. Like, No! 30 to 32 is fine. It's fine. 30 to 32 is like a lot of minutes. 32 is probably on the high end for him. Yeah. Uh, 30 is probably that sweet spot. Maybe late season you want to even pull it back to 28. I'm just saying that's a lot for like 75 games, basically. Yeah. Over 75. Yeah. And you'd probably, I mean, like minutes load and how you want to manage these guys going into the postseason makes sense. So again, it also just speaks to what has always going to be their problem is they have no depth at all. So like they actually need Melo to play a lot. It speaks to their depth. They don't have uh, a lot of it. They do need Melo to play, but it also, again, comes back to my Billy Donovan point, which is like, what are you doing with your rotations? What are you doing with your minutes load? Who's determining this? Yeah. Um, So afterwards, uh, Carmelo said, I was sitting the whole fourth and there was like two and some change on the clock and he hit a three. And I said, you know, I just figured like, let him stay out there. Donovan said, Carmelo's always been a team guy. I think he felt like, okay, Jeremy's playing well. Let's let him go and let him play. Uh, He said it was a very hard thing for him not to put Melo back in the game. Was it a hard thing? Because it seems like he didn't put much effort into it. And also, is Melo always been a team guy? Like, Mm. is that I'm calling bullshit on these statements. Sure. I think there's like, again, there's a lot of different Mellows. And I think Mm. Happy Mellow is a team guy, but Unhappy Mellow is not. But this is definitely like a Mellow we've never seen before. Like, not checking himself back into the game. I mean, he was four for eight from three last night against the Pelicans, but he hasn't been shooting particularly well and uh, can't play any defense, obviously. Really? Still (laughs) still not doing any defense? Um, He's a net negative. You know, you don't even need to look at the advanced stats to know that he is not helpful on the floor for them. It's going to be tough. I I don't think they'll make it out of the first round. So that's interesting that you mentioned that. They they snapped a three-game losing streak. They pick up a win over the Pelicans. They're now in the five seed, which would set them up for a first-round matchup with the suddenly ascendant and I don't, I don't know how they're doing it San Antonio Spurs what do you make of if it ends up being OKC and the Spurs you think the Spurs are gonna upend OKC even I without do. Kawhi I do actually I think that the Thunder are too inconsistent and they still look listless like half the time mm-hmm. and that's what Coach Pop praise on. So the Spurs ended up beating the Rockets on Sunday. They're eight and two over their last 10. I still don't know. I look at the Spurs and it's like Pop sprinkles his pop pixie dust on the team. And, you know, like he does his uh, incantations and somehow he makes these guys with a Marcus Aldridge and a bunch of olds good. And I don't understand it because I look, if you're just looking at personnel, I'm OKC all day. But as we've said, they have problems with who are they still? How are they going to play? Who's getting the ball late in games? Russ is going to pop a three early in the clock. Like uh, Carmelo's like, man, I'm good. I'm going to sit on the bench. If it's just talent wise, I'm OKC all day. If it's system wise, of course it's the Spurs. Paul George is just like the most confusing, great player in the NBA. Can I just pause for a quick aside? Yeah. He's getting very fuzzy. He's letting everything grow out. And I'm, I'm here for it. It's almost the playoffs. It's like it's, Mountain Man, Paul George. It's deep into the season. You don't have time for a haircut. Look at my hair. I haven't had a haircut in in months. You're wearing a hat. You're I'm hiding wearing it. A hat. I have to wear a hat now because I have so much hair. And I think that's what's happening with Paul George. I think he's just going to let it go. And I like it. From game to game, he's obviously incredibly talented and like one of the best players in the league. But he just, from game to game, his involvement changes so much. And he and Russ, like they obviously have a hard time playing together. Russ is so dominant on the floor that it's hard to pair him with another player who should be dominant. And, you know, you just think about Paul George last year when he didn't take the last shot in one of those games against the Cavs and he was very vocal, like, I should be taking the last shot. I'm sure he still feels that way. He's still a max player in the NBA, but his quotes 
don't speak to that at all. And it just seems like there's some kind of like weird trance in Oklahoma City where the players don't want to talk about the Russ problem, but there obviously is one. It's it's almost like Russ really needs the ball all the time forever, as opposed to, say, the Spurs, who share it amongst a bunch of guys that you would be like, meh, I'm not really thrilled with them. And their best guy, Kawhi Leonard, decided, I'm going to go to NYC for further treatment on a quad yeah. injury that his teammates say isn't a big deal. The Spurs situation is, to me, for different reasons, as fascinating as Oklahoma City's, because uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had Shea on the program, and Shea was sweating it, and KOC wrote a, a story where we had maybe the greatest art in ringer history, Greg Popovich holding up a skull as a symbol of maybe this is the end for the Spurs. doesn't look like it's going to be the end for the Spurs. They're going to make the playoffs. We'll yeah. see what happens for them. Uh, but it's just it's going to be very interesting to see if they end up matched up, Spurs against Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. One of those is one and done, and all of a sudden things get very interesting for that organization. Yeah, I think the Spurs, if they lose, it's not like a constitutional crisis of San Antonio. I don't know, because what happens with Kawhi? Do you move him? Is he coming back at all? He Obviously, there's some situation going on there that we still sure. don't know about. His teammates are barking at him. But on the other hand, if they make it out of the first round and they don't have Kawhi, it's almost like, well, this is not Kawhi's team. Like, we're still the Spurs. We're still the I think, Spurs. I think either way, they have, like, the foundation to be fine. Like, um, you know, when they lost in round one to the Clippers in 2015, that was, like, a shocking, horrible loss. Like, they've had some bad playoff losses. Sure. For all of their wins. So, they'll be fine. They'll the be Thunder, fine. on the other hand, is just, like, a ticking time bomb until Paul George leaves. Yeah, it, it, and a first round out certainly wouldn't, wouldn't help that. All right, let's blow through a bunch of the other uh, games that happened that have playoff implications. The Denver Nuggets, mm. Juliet Littman, yes. had a very big win. Uh, so the Pelicans lost. The Denver Nuggets won. Now the Nuggets are, uh, the Pelicans are just one game up on Denver with five to play. Denver had a huge win over Milwaukee in overtime. And the Bucs absolutely came apart at the seams in that game. Giannis got ejected with about four minutes left. The Bucs were up 18 yeah. points in the fourth quarter. They were up eight points with a minute to go. And then Jamal Murray and Jokic took over. And the Bucs absolutely cratered. How do we feel about the Nuggets playoff prospects? Do we think that they're going to make it and the Pelicans might not? How do, what do you think there? So the Nuggets have uh, the Pacers tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then... Not an easy game. No, it's not an easy game. They've, they're home versus the Pacers, home versus the Wolves, at Clippers, home Blazers, at Wolves. That's not an easy schedule, right. but Minnesota does not look great. So I think they could get at least one of those. Portland will almost easily get the three seed. So by the second to last game of the season, are they going to play their, yeah, full, their full squad? I don't cruising. know. Right. That's a good point. That's so, a good point. They like, could be resting. Yeah, take that game off. I think that there's still a chance for Denver to sneak in, but it's going to be tough. The Pelicans are so confounding. I just have watched a couple of Pelicans games recently, and every time Etwan Moore has the ball for a big shot at the end of the game, <laughs> I'm just like, why? Why? Well, this why? Is, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with uh, Micah and Barrier, our resident New Orleans Pelicans experts, and it's still... AD and a bunch of what? Like question yeah. marks? And, you know, Drew, Drew Holiday is playing great. Yeah. It's playing great. But beyond that, it's like, still oh, right, AD Rondo's and a bunch of, of what? And yet the Pelicans, unlike previous years, are playing well, at least well enough to be in the playoff yeah, picture, which I, mean, I think it's, is interesting. It's a, it's a real testament to Anthony Davis. It is. Obviously. But yeah, you know, it's dicey. I think they can still sneak in. But it's just also so tight. Like the Wolves are only one and a half up on the Nuggets. Right. The Western Conference and that situation with the Nuggets winning that game, very interesting at the back end. The Eastern Conference, because of that game, not quite as interesting because it looks like it's pretty much set. It's just going to be where do they fall in the order. Yeah. But the Bucks are not looking good right now. And that game was an absolute abomination. They should have won it very easily. They were up huge. And I think like they've just been terribly coached all year long. First Jason Kidd and now Joe Prunty. I don't think Joe Prunty mm-hmm. making a good case to keep that job full time next year. Yeah. And you heard Giannis making some comments earlier in the season. KOC wrote about this, where he made comments in Greek. And, you know, the helpful people at Reddit went and translated it. And and I'm paraphrasing here. It was basically like, the Bucs got to get their shit together, because if they don't, I'll do what's best for me. Right. I love the Bucs. I I think, like, if I were looking at the Eastern Conference playoff picture, I still wouldn't want to play them because they have Giannis. And if you're playing Giannis, chances are you're going to be playing against the best player on the floor that game, depending on which team you are. But this, this is not good for them right now. No. Giannis is a, is a sneaky hothead. I feel like we've been getting it a little bit more lately, but he like definitely loses his temper and 
I like it. Like it makes mm-hmm. me like him more. But like him getting ejected is just more of that. I feel like Dark Giannis will be will be rising. He was very upset about calls that didn't get called against him, that did get called against Jokic, and they bounced him, and that was the end of that. And then, you know, like I said, that really helps Denver. And you mentioned the Western Conference playoff picture, which is still in flux because another game from yesterday, the Jazz beat the T-Wolves. They didn't just beat the T-Wolves. They crushed them on yes. the road. Now Utah's a half game up on Minnesota. They're 7-3 and three over the last 10. My boy Rick Rubio He's looking very it. good. All of a sudden the Jazz uh, <laughs> asserting themselves and the Wolves are not and they really need Jimmy Butler. The Jazz are the most fun Western team right now to me. Really? You're uh, you're, yeah. you're buying in on the Jazz. The Donovan Mitchell, our guy Don fun. Mitchell. Yeah, they're just like they're fun to watch. They can steal it. It's not even stealing. They're competitive every game and um, it's like fun to see Jay Crowder finding a home. I just feel like happy for Jay him. Jay Crowder back. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Like I've said many times on this podcast, I am an, a Rick Rubio enthusiast. I'm here for his samurai top knot. Yeah. He's out there Me doing too. doing things, tossing lobs to Rudy Gobert. Rudy's playing great defense. The Jazz, I think, have been overlooked in this whole situation because they're they're what? They're a half game back of the Thunder for that five spot. Uh, they are a game up on the Pelicans for the eighth spot. That whole back end of the Western Conference, really, really interesting. But the T-Wolves, I earlier in the season, we talked about what Jimmy Butler meant to that team and how he sort of marshaled them, yeah. right? And like he makes them look better than, than maybe what they are. Yeah. You take him off that team, it's glaring. Yeah, absolutely. Also, they brought him in for a very specific reason, which was for more scoring, particularly like at, in crunch time and like at the end of games, because that's where they really struggled last year. More scoring, great and, defense. And that's where, the, yeah, of course. And that's where they're still struggling. Yeah. Without him again. And he also just like, he just seems like he doesn't have a care in, in the world. The gif of him throwing the stat sheet up is just yeah. sort of like, that's, I think, indicative of just sort of the type of player he is, like for good and for bad. Like he is, uh, I think, very self-focused, but in a way that it, like it helps his team and they they miss his relentlessness. Yes, that attitude and yeah. that like, I'm going to take over this game at one end of the floor or the other or both is sorely lacking now because you now it's left to Towns is going to be Towns regardless. Yeah. But now it's kind of left to Wiggins to do more. Sure. And Wiggins is not that guy, gang. Like, I I like Wiggins. I like no. him fine as a lot of people don't like him. I like Wiggins fine as a third option, he, which he was on this team. He does not like that, though. No, he wants to be the one and yeah, he's not a one. But he's not a one. I just want to say right now, Blazers Jazz would be the first round series. And that would be extremely fun. That would be good. Yeah. Uh, I uh, am team Blazers. I, I ride for Portland. But that would be a lot of fun. Just horrible about Damian Lillard's brother. Yeah. Just horrible. Yeah, that's uh, an unfortunate situation. Yeah. Same time as uh, he has his, 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 his son. son yeah. And, There's honestly nothing to say except like what a horrible confluence of events for him. Yeah. Prayers to the Lord family. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving along here to uh, more basketball. The Sixers and the Pacers both won again, Juliet. Sixers smacked the Hornets. The Pacers pulled out another close one over the Clippers. Pacers have won five in a row. The Sixers are on a 10-game heater, have really played well. They're right in that four five range. They would end up as a first round matchup, which would be fascinating. I keep saying like if you could pick your Eastern Conference playoff opponent, it would be the Pacers. But I'm starting to come off that position. I would pick the Bucks, even if they have the best player on they the have floor. The best and player on the floor, it's tough for me. I don't know, but like they're a mess. Like they're not like a organized team that's going far. That's true. Let me play devil's advocate, and I don't want to because of uh, the point that I'm about to make here. Despite the fact that they've won ten in a row. Would you maybe rather play the Sixers without Embiid? Yes, I'd rather play the Sixers without Embiid. Definitely. Because playoffs were different, and now you're going to challenge Simmons to shoot that. Th- now, now, look, all season long, people have been challenging Simmons to shoot, and he's been like, yeah, I'm just still going to get to the rim, and good luck stopping yeah. me. He's amazing He's at so it. much fun. I wonder if it's going to change in the playoffs, because it always changes in the playoffs. Sure. Also, um, like after two games, like you could like figure him out a little bit. Would you potentially be excited for a semi-no-name Pacers team, apologies to Oladipo, sure. and a no-Embiid Sixers team playing each other. Like, are you excited no. just for the basketball part? No. You're not at all? No. <laughs> Give me Embiid. I, I ride for Ben Simmons, but, like, let's get a Sixers team with Embiid. No and faults? You don't want to see faults in the playoffs? Are you, like, so where are you at with faults? Have you talked about this yet? We haven't. Last week, so what happened, Jason Concepcion came on the show, and he sat exactly where you're sitting. Uh-huh. And the two of us went, don't bring back Fultz. It's too late in the season. The Sixers know what they are. And literally, like, an hour and a half later, they're like, Fultz is back. He's playing tonight. Insane. Ringer curse. Yeah, absolute ringer curse. But I agree. I almost think it was, like, kind of 
mean to bring him back in some ways. Like, it's a good way to ease him into, like, being in the NBA. We'll you know, you get a few games. Maybe you can play in the playoffs, whatever. But I don't know. I just feel like I would, I would have saved him for a fresh start for next year. I wonder, like, what his minutes load is going to look like in the playoffs if you're going to be if you're going to be able to play him and, and then how much and how comfortable you're going to be and how comfortable he'll be. I am excited for Pacers Sixers in a really weird dorky basketball way that, because that's like, the like NBA um, writer in nerd you. In me, yeah. You're like, yeah, like, that's like how you get really excited. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm sure a lot of NBA writers feel that way too. I've spent the last week, uh, I'm writing about the Pacers for later this week on the ringer.com. So I've spent a little over a week with them. And uh, I'm like, yeah, this is an interesting team. Nobody else thinks that. All right, uh, just let's run through the the last couple here. The Cavs won again. They're just a half game up on the Sixers. They're game up on the Pacers. It's interesting because the reverse, it's the reverse of last year. Mm-hmm. Last year, LeBron got to sit himself down, down the stretch. Sure. And they just gave the first seed to the Celtics because they didn't care about it. This year, they, they don't have that luxury. Sure. Although... Like, what's the difference for the Cavs? Like, seriously, like, what's what's the rest versus not right? And like, what's the best matchup for them in the in the playoffs? Let's see. Right now, as we do this, I think they'd it be matched be the, up against the Wizards, which I think might be their might best be their match. Best. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> which brings so. brings us to the Wizards, who lost. They get John Wall back. He doesn't play against the Bulls because he's a DMP CD because they don't want to play him back to back games mm-hmm. right away because they're going to need him for the playoffs. They lost to the Bulls. Yeah, they're jockeying for playoff position. It's, they lost to the Bulls. It's tough. I don't really know what to say about the Wizards. They're like, there's no future for them. We had Joe House on from Jamaica last week. Nice. And he was very excited about John Wall coming back. And he was confident that they would do Wizards things in the playoffs and somehow went around. Joe House, if you're listening, buddy, and I know you are because you love the Heat Check podcast. I don't think this is going to go well for you. He really does love John Wall. He's like, he He is the number one John Wall fan. He's like, yes, Bradley Beal's good, but give me all of the John Wall. I like that about House. But like, what are the Wizards supposed to do with this team? They're not going to win a championship. No. And they have a lot of money committed to players who are like, not that good. I'm channeling my inner KOC right now. Blow it up. Yeah. Okay, so that's uh, your updated playoff picture. A lot of things happening. As Juliet mentioned, I am very excited about this. I've gotten so nerdy (laughs) about it. I can't wait for the play. This is one of my favorite times of the year when you're trying to figure out who's going to play sure. who and where they're going to fall and the postseason's coming and our guys getting rested and, and I love it. So You left uh, out my favorite team though. Hit me. The Miami Heat who are currently feuding with their franchise center. Yes. Hassan well, Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside it really wants to be the guy. Yes. And they're like, no, we don't even need you at all. Yeah. So. <laughs> As KOC mentioned in the uh, Ringer NBA Slack, who knows, like if they could find a taker for him, he could be gone. Oh, absolutely. I don't know though. The Heat give the Celtics trouble. Sure. And they don't have Kyrie, so who knows? Probably the two best coaches in the East. Probably the two best two, coaches top, in the East. Two top five coaches in the league. Yet another matchup that I'm excited about, Juliet. It's I'm almost excited like about you that know. Too. I'm excited about that one, too. It's almost like you know that I like these storylines. Uh, one more storyline, and then I want to run past you, and then you got to get out of here because you have so many things to do because you're Juliet Littman, and you, <laughs> you run the entire you're ringer. You're too nice to me. You do everything at the ringer, Juliet. We saw uh, over the weekend Anthony Davis. I wish everyone could see me rolling my eyes. She's rolling her eyes in Anthony Davis's direction. Anthony Davis did something on social media with Red Bull where he pretended to shave his unibrow, his yeah. brow. Yes. And it was an optical illusion. And then he said, of course, I wasn't going to do that. It was an April Fool's trick. Now, as Micah Peters pointed out among our colleagues, it wasn't April Fool's when he did it. No. So that doesn't count. It was so stupid. Here's my thing about Anthony Davis Tell doing, me. doing Spawn Con for Red Bull. Obviously, I have no problem. I like that you shorted it to SpawnCon. I have no problem with SpawnCon. If you do it right, that's fine. <laughs> I support it. Get that money. I, players, right. publishers, everyone. You know, mm-hmm. I, I work in media. I get it. Anthony Davis, there's nothing less cool than talking about your own unibrow. Like, just let it be. Don't acknowledge it. Let it live. Let it go. And just don't make it a topic, like a talking point. Like, uh, your signature should not be something like you discuss. Like... I don't know, the coolest like figures in culture and celebrity don't like talk about their sig- like their signature you don't moves. To, you don't need to bring like, it up. Like Prince never really talked about using a symbol for his name, as far as I know. I like, mean, well, he did he did say I'm now a symbol. Sure. Fine. I mean he did it on point that but out. He was, he was cool. Like he just like did it in a cool way. Like Anthony Davis just has like no chill and like no cool. My problem with this was less about the spawn con and less about before April Fool's. My I whole also thing hate was, April Fool's jokes. I do too. But my whole my point was he, so people were making fun of him because he wanted to like do a little grooming. And as somebody else who also has giant eyebrows, sure. people were making fun of him on our ringer slack, and I was like, step off. 
this should be an eyebrow safe space. No problem with grooming I at think, all. I think for those of us who, are, who have large eyebrows, we shouldn't be shamed no. when we want to trim them up a little bit. Peter Gallagher and I, I and Anthony David. You saw Peter Gallagher? At dinner, yeah. This is a fantasy of mine. We've gone off the rails now. I saw him at Son of a Gun on 3rd Street. He was on the OC, which is one of my favorite shows One of, of time. my favorite shows. Me too. I have long fantasized about meeting Peter Gallagher. So one, we could talk about the OC. And two, we could have like an eyebrow conversation. And I think like those of us, we should like be supportive. And then he he ruined that eyebrow trust by doing this stunt. I think he's out of the eyebrow club. There's no problem with grooming, to be clear. Like if you, you wear, have your eyebrows however you want them. Mm-hmm. As, but I'm just saying like as term, in terms of brand management, this was really stupid. And it's not because it was SpawnCon. I'm no problem with that. But it's just like, do something different. Do something better. Do something better. Be better, AD. Be better. Be better. All right. Juliette Lemon is excellent. She's uh, she's always better. After this show, yeah. you'll tell me more about Peter Gallagher. Yeah, of course. All right. She's Juliette Lemon. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. All right. We're going to get to KOC. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Heat Check is brought to you by Coca-Cola and Powerade. If you're into sports, then it's your favorite time of year. It's NCAA March Madness Championship game tonight. Go Nova. With so many games, you never know what's going to happen. That's why you need to be ready for whatever the next round brings and make sure your fridge isn't empty. Swing by Walmart before every round and stock up on Coca-Cola, Coke Zero, Sugar, and Powerade before the next one tips off. Coca-Cola is the official fan refreshment of the NCAA. Be ready to watch all the games by picking up Coca-Cola and Powerade all tourney long. Today is the national championship game, as I mentioned, and that's why there aren't any NBA games. So here at the Ringer LA offices, we're planning on watching the big game together. We'll have Coca-Cola to refresh us all throughout it. NCAA March Madness isn't just one game, it's a whole tournament. Make sure you're ready. Refresh every round by heading to Walmart to pick up Coca-Cola, Coke Zero Sugar, and Powerade. And now, let's bring in KOC. All right, joining me now in studio, he is already one of the great writers at The Ringer. Now, frankly, he's one of the most handsome. He got a new haircut, gang, and he is streamlined. He got here very quickly. I think he ran here. He's sweating a little bit, but the haircut is just, I mean, you're ready for the playoffs. You're postseason ready, homie. (laughs) If you say so, Gons, I really appreciate it. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing excellent. Uh, I'm doing better than some, (laughs) not as well as others. Uh, There are quite a few players in the NBA that I want to talk to you about. Some of them are back from injuries. Others are now injured and will mm. not be back for the foreseeable future. Sad, sad. Some might be on the move for different reasons. You wrote a piece that we're going to get into. Uh, but let's start with uh, my beloved Philadelphia 76ers. It looks like Ooh, it's one man success. in, one man out. Uh, last uh-huh. week, as I mentioned, when Juliet was on the show a little bit earlier, we had Jason on last week. And Jason and I were both like, don't bring him back. Fultz. Don't bring yeah, Fultz yeah. back. Let him sit for the that. rest of the season. It doesn't make any sense. And then like like an hour later, they yeah. were like, he's back. Uh, an emotional Brett Brown. <laughs> Very so, emotional. So, so the ringer curse lives. What'd you make of Fultz in his first couple games back? So after that first game, I wrote something on the ringer, like just reacting to that. And it's mm-hmm. like, whoa, really impressive, confident comeback performance, fighting through adversity. You know, he had a shot blocked three times, but he wasn't hesitant to shoot after that. He he followed poor plays with good plays and since then it's been you know a mixed bag you know i think he's continued on making great passes mm-hmm. playmaking well bringing energy on that end he's been pretty good defensively more than you'd expect for a rookie point guard but the shooting still isn't there and that's the scary part the shooting's not going to be there, right? Not, I mean, it's just not going to no. be there this year, I don't think. Yep. It'll take a lot of time. There were little parts that I've liked, okay? Like, yeah, yes, the passing has been good. He, against the Hawks, he dunked from, I think, uh, oh, half court. Yeah. I was like, where did that come from? Because I don't... A- everything else is there, like, that he had at Washington. Like, he looks like a number one pick except for the shooting, right? Well, the, well, the athleticism, <laughs> he's never been a guy who was going to blow you away with athleticism. Sometimes. Like, with the weak side blocks, sometimes big dunks. Yes, yeah. sometimes big dunks. But like he's got this sort of his body is kind of a little doughy. He suffers from uh, RFD, as Jason would call oh, it, boy. round face disease. But he doesn't like you don't like look at him and go, man, he's like hyper athletic. And then he throws down a dunk like that. And you go, whoa, Fultz, like that was interesting. Good for you. I felt like for a moment we were going to go into the same debate that me and Chris Vernon had before. Does he look like an NBA player? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. He very much is an NBA player. I'm, so, re- I'm ready to go. No, I'm not. Chris I'm ready to do You're it. You're on the wrong podcast. That's 
tomorrow. I'm ready to go. You guys can save all that nonsense for tomorrow where you guys just yell at each other. Uh, you and I will do something different on this one. You're right, though. Like, like it doesn't always show. It doesn't always show, it, but it showed. And it I'm did. like, okay, yeah. so this is good. These are things like he's getting to spots on the floor. He can get places on the floor where he needs to get to get off like a mid-range sure. shot or a layup yeah. or a dunk. And that's good because, as you mentioned, the shooting, probably not going to be there this year. And we're a little worried about it. And there was passing like, on some open threes, ball, man. Oh. Passing on threes. So that brings me to my next point. We're at a point in the season, and this is why, look, I want Fultz to be good. I want him to be good for a number of reasons. One, just as a general NBA fan, I want to see him. Yeah. I want to see him do good yeah. things. I want it for the kid. He's 19 years what old. What a story it be. What a, what a story. Also, as a Philadelphian, I want to see this happen. However, as we all know, things change as you get to the playoffs, right? Yeah. So your rotation shorten, your minutes loads get uh, increased for your best players. For your not best players, mm. they tighten up a little yeah. bit. So my question is, if you're Brett Brown and you've got a team that's going to play the Pacers, who are a difficult team, despite the fact that they've been overlooked a lot of the year. Unless you guys steal that three seed. Unless you steal you the three know. seed, which they you could, which they know. could. This is you still in know. flux. This yeah. is still in flux. But I, let's just say you're Brett Brown. What do you do with Fultz in the playoffs? I'm playing him. But uh, how I, much? Um, look, so you're going to get Joel Embiid back. That means one guy's minutes are going to get bumped down. Right now in the rotation, that's for Sean Holmes. Right? So maybe your nine-man rotation will end up being something like, like the, the five starters. Mm -hmm. But then you'll have either Amir Johnson or Ilya Silva, Fultz, Bellinelli. I lost count. Right. I think I should restart. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> no, you gotta, we got to keep this in. Just start over. Just start start oh, again, yeah. but, but keep this yeah. in, Isaac, because it was great. All right, so you're talking through your rotations. Rashad Holmes gets bumped down. I'll answer this another way. Okay. I think Fultz should play. Okay. And, the, and the reason why is exactly what Brett Brown said before his first game back. Right. If it's the risk-reward, mm -hmm. you're lean towards the risk. And Fultz, as he's shown with moments on defense, yep. playmaking, I think he helps your team, whereas TJ McConnell, you know what you're going to get. Solid point guard play, but not a lot else. I just think Fultz raises, as Daryl Morey once said, he raises your risk profile. Yeah. And he at least deserves a chance. And if he stinks, if his lack of shooting hurts you, guess what? Turn to TJ, the guy that you know what you're going to get, or plug in somebody else. Normally, you come on the podcast and you ride the fence. Now it's been reversed. You've staked out a position, and now I'm I'm riding the fence because hey I can life see. Life is all nuance. It's, it's crazy. It's really it's really interesting <laughs> how the, Kevin O'Connor's shoe is. There's nuance in the world. Who, who knew? It's Kevin O'Connor's wow. shoe is now on John Amazing. Gonzalez's foot. Um, but I, I I could see it both ways. Where on the one hand, you're playing with house money this year. Mm -hmm. They're not. They're probably not going to win a championship. I, I, I'm saying mm -hmm. probably because yeah. I'm, I'm 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 leaving room for for the. <laughs> Possibility. But Ben Simmons hasn't shot yet. He might have something hidden. All of a sudden he starts <laughs> shooting three pointers and blows my mind. You never but, know. But I'm saying you're playing with house money, so you know, you who cares, right? Like you, you lose in the playoffs, but maybe you get something out of faults. The reverse, though, <laughs> is that you want to see what these guys can do, especially if you could somehow get out of the yeah. first round and then get him beat back. So defensively, like if you're looking as another team, you know what's gonna happen. Like everybody knows what's going to happen. They're going to really pack the paint and they're going to dare Simmons to shoot and they're going to dare Fultz to shoot. And that's going to cause serious that's problems. That's why they're not going to win a championship. That's, that, it's going to cause serious problems <laughs> yeah. for Brett Brown, yeah. right? So if I'm Brett Brown, just from a coaching perspective in the playoffs where you're trying to do something after all these years of protracted losing, the obvious don't play him that much candidate is Fultz as opposed to TJ. Mm -hmm. It just is. Sure. It's not like TJ McConnell is necessarily a lights out shooter. No, either. no, no, he's no. But he's, he's going shooting, to give you more. Yeah, for sure. He's shooting over 40% this year. So I, what I should say is that, look, you can look at the three-point shooting number, the percentage. Right. But there's one thing when a guy shoots a the certain volume. number and how defenses defend that guy. So right. he's a low-volume three-point shooter that takes a while to get a shot off and defenses aren't sweating if he's spotting up at the line. Even though he's been successful this season over the course of his life, he hasn't quite been at that level. It's why Brett Brown is uh, getting paid the big bucks. He's still around. He's got to figure that out. Yes. And then, so Fultz is, is in and Embiid is out. Uh, irony of ironies, Fultz's shoulder ends up colliding with Embiid's face. So now Fultz is still around, but Embiid is not. When you saw the injury, it initially didn't look that bad. Now we know it is kind of bad and he's going to be out. Could be back in two weeks, depending on his pain tolerance. What's your prediction for the fight then? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. They're asking Joel Embiid right there what his pain tolerance is. Joel's surgery changed his voice quite a lot. He sounds just like Mr. T. It's very weird. Unbelievable. Um, what would you do? I mean, obviously, you got to 
you got to think long term with Joel Embiid, and you don't want to rush mm-hmm. him back. But let's just say Joel Embiid comes back, and he's like, in two weeks, he's like, yep, good to go. Give me the mask. I can do it. I want to see him in the mask. You're running him out I there? rush him back just so we can see him in the mask. I'm hoping- If, if we don't see Embiid in a mask, this season's a it's bust. A, it's a failure. Yeah, it, it just doesn't matter. Just erase it from the history books. I would like him to wear one of those masks that Eagles fans and the Eagles were wearing, those dog masks during oh, the Super God. Bowl, so like we could have a little bit of synergy oh, here. Yeah. But seriously, like, how careful would you be with him? Um, Let's say you, you get past- the Pacers or whomever you play in the so first Embiid round. Embiid hasn't gotten back yet. A- Embiid is not back. You've gotten through the first round. I mean, I was, I mean, maybe is the rest good for him? Maybe it is for his legs that have been quite injury prone over the last four or five years. Wait, or so. Why do you have to bring up the past? We're I not mean, in the well, present. Well, you're talking about rushing him his, back. His who cares, legs are who okay? cares about his face? I'm talking about his knees and his <laughs> legs and his. That's what I'm. I care about his face. I'm that face is his, his money maker. He's not getting <laughs> Rihanna without that I, face. I'm nervous about his back and his legs and his knees. That I mean, the face. What matters is that he's able to come back and that he's able to see his vision is the same because sometimes with that injury, from what I've read and from what I've heard from from the internet, I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but but I've read that the, the concern sometimes can be like your vision is, isn't exactly the same. So as long as he can see fine, great. Who you know, bring him back. Wear a mask. You look awesome. You'll look cool. But it, it's about will there be an increased risk after an extended period of rest? For his lower body injury, that that's what I would be nervous about, and maybe a little bit more cautious. He's been about. fine all year, aside from his face. Yes, you didn't but, think but, he was going to play this many games. You were a was skeptic. I? Yeah. Was I? Was weren't you? I don't know. I'm I don't not, know. I'm well, going to well, paint well, you remember, as a skeptic. Remember when Bill, Bill Simmons asked like a group Danny. of us, "Would you bet on Embiid playing 50 games or like you die?" Yeah. <laughs> was that the question? <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I forget. I think it was like 65 or 62 Some, or something, something some like, like something like that. that. I don't know. I think Danny didn't die though, so that's a good. That's good news. I'm pretty sure I bet that he would play that amount at some point. I don't know if it was this year, but whatever. The point is, is that I want Joel to be healthy and and, and to, to be... I also want him to be healthy. And I'm desperate to see... I'm like... And this is why it sucks as a Philadelphian because... All this stuff was going well, right? I just saw uh, yeah. our buddy Mike Levin over the weekend from the Right Ricky Sanchez podcast. Shouts to Mike. And we Tell were talking him to about ban me. I, I can't do that. I, I can't do that. Not cool. It's probably not Mike. It's probably Spike. I'm offended. But Spike's a crazy no, person. It was Mike. Um, but so we were Mike. talking about this over Very the weekend sad. where it was, you know, it's super exciting <sighs> to watch the Sixers and everything's happening now and like everything's coming together and they're going to be in the playoffs and we get to see playoff MB yes. with playoff Simmons yes. and playoff faults and what? And then all of a sudden he goes down. <laughs> So I want to see him out there because we've been waiting a long time for this. But on the other hand, to play both sides, this is a long-term thing, right? We're playing the long game if you're the Sixers. And despite the fact that, like, if it's just pain tolerance and you throw the mask on them, whatever, I'm a little, I'm like a little pump the brakes worried about, like, let's just remember that this is Embiid over the next 10 years and next, not just Embiid over the next 10 playoff games or however many they get. Are you really not worried about his face? It's a beautiful face. Not everybody is as handsome as no. you, KOC, KOC, with his haircut. Look, j- we want him to be okay. I'm worried about the legs. He, they his said face his, is going to be okay. His, they said his eyeball <laughs> caved in or whatever they said. You know, that like is, it was dented. Give him goggles like Kareem. That, give him goggles that, that like is, Kareem. That is pretty scary. All right, that's yes, enough Sixers. Goggles like Kareem. That's like enough that Sixers. Idea. We're going to move on. We're going to go to the Spurs. The Spurs yet again announced that Kawhi Leonard is still not back. And not only that, Woj reported that uh, he returned to New York and there is no timetable. And I put this on our Slack the other day, and this is totally true. I cannot believe, Kevin O'Connor, that Markel Fultz came back before Kawhi Leonard. I'm like, <laughs> my mind is blown. Uh, there was a poll on Twitter maybe two months ago or something like that, and I was like, "Who comes back first, Gordon Hayward, Kawhi I asked Leonard, you that. or Fultz?" That was that, that was, was me. You. That was my but poll. There, there was also, oh, that was your poll. Yes. Who led that poll? It wasn't it wasn't Fultz, right? I don't think so. I think I think it might have been Kawhi. Okay, I thought it was Kawhi. I like that too. you're yeah. just like there's some guy on Twitter <laughs> who put hey, out a poll. Hey man, my brain like my memory mushes things together sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so that guy, well, like, would, like that guy on Twitter, is like everybody combined. Everybody, everybody that, I'm that guy. <laughs> it's all just one person that guy <laughs> but so let me ask you what did you or what would you have voted for probably Kawhi, right uh, me yeah. too i mean i'll have to like dig up the poll on your twitter and find out what i did vote for but mm-hmm. i think it was Kawhi. and i don't know maybe that poll went up at around a time where there was news like oh Kawhi could be back in early march yeah, you know, prob- who knows there was a lot of that um, yeah there was and uh, well now we're in early april still not back and now it's at the point where in March, everybody was talking, if Kawhi comes back, there's enough time for him to get back to 100% before the playoffs. Now, if he comes back now, what we saw from him mid-season when he returned was not the same old Kawhi Leonard. No, we saw wasn't. We saw a guy who was maybe 70% Kawhi Leonard. And so if he comes back now, 
he's not going to swing the needle that much in their favor for what they need to really get past some of these unbelievable Western I mean, Conference teams. You still t- obviously you'd, you'd rather have Kawhi than not have Kawhi, yeah. but I think like all the stuff <laughs> that's swirling with that team about players questioning how intense his injury is or how bad his injury is and saying that he could be back and then, you know, the rumors about how it's going with the front office and mm-hmm. like them not being uh, of a mind. Right, this is very troublesome yeah. stuff. Now, of Scary. course, you, you'd Scary. want to bring him back, but let's say you you don't have him back. What are the like? How far do you think this like went around? Maybe like, um, what do you think the Spurs could well, do? Because right now they're looking at OKC as a first round matchup. I mean, I guess <laughs> I hope Shea Serrano doesn't listen. But you love to anger Shea. I love when Shea's happy. I like when Shea's happy. Then you better, so, you better so, rethink what you're about to say. Every time the Spurs win and he tweets me with, with <laughs> Popovich holding my, my skull, <laughs> it makes me happy. Um, look, right now the matchup has Spurs against Oklahoma City in the first round. Right. I would never bet against the Spurs. No. But then again, it's the type of thing where they are really depleted without without Kawhi right now. I mean, they don't have their go-to score, and then Aldridge would need to carry that team regardless of the matchup. They can win around. Julia they, they, they can win around without Kawhi. Juliana and I were just talking about that. I really want OKC versus the Spurs in the first round for the storyline purposes because either the Spurs beat Oklahoma City with their three guys that they went and assembled that whole team. Yeah. Or Oklahoma City beats the Spurs, and then all of a sudden it's like the Spurs are in disarray. What do they do with Kawhi? They lost in the first round. Mm-hmm. Like, is this as you wrote the end of the Spurs run? Like, yeah, I think I'd rather OKC drop a little bit down the standings and face the Golden State Warriors in the first round. A, you want a, that? a vulnerable Warriors team against against Oklahoma City that's loaded up. I don't know how vulnerable the Warriors are. They well, got their three Steph guys for the back. First round, no step, but they but still got three thing. great guys. Like, if OKC loses to Golden State in the first round without Steph. Curry? I mean, that would that, be a- that is unbelievable based on what the expectations were. <laughs> and, and, and I don't know. It would also be super cool to see OKC beat Golden State considering there's no Steph. And, and then who knows what happens it, the rest of the playoffs. It always, it doesn't always translate when you're listening to a podcast. So I'm going to paint a word picture for all of you listening right now. Kevin O'Connor just got so excited about basketball. The basketball bubbled up inside of him and he was gesticulating and his head and his <laughs> face got happy. This is why I like having you on the podcast because my inner nerd also gets excited about storylines mm-hmm. like that. And you got me yeah, excited. Yeah. So this is why it's great to have you on. More player uh, talk. We got to hustle. So let's set a timer with the Google Assistant for this. Hey, Google, set a timer for two minutes. All right, two minutes, and we are starting now. John Wall is back for the Washington Wizards. He played against the Hornets uh, after two months on the bench. Then he got a DMPCD against the Bulls, and the the Wizards lost. What did you think of Wall in the first game? It's nice to have him back if you're a Washington Wizards fan. That's that's for sure. The, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody eats was really fun, and a lot of the things that were— Was it— yeah. Was it fun for yeah, like a week was, and a half? It, yeah, it? it was fun for about a week and a yeah. half, and then it got everybody old was, quickly. Everybody was on Sadoransky, and I'm like, yeah, are you? Yeah. You like Sadoransky, <laughs> do you? <He's, laughs> you rather have the, him than John Wall? Oh, my uh, house, <laughs> my uh, house, uh, Sharp, my buddy Luke, who works at HuffPo, that are all Wizards fans. Those are the only three Wizards fans I know. They might be the only three Wizards fans in existence. They were all on Sadoransky, and everybody eats. Well, yeah. Really? The, yeah. yeah? How's that looking yes. now? Well, look, there's elements to take from that nice little run with the ball movement, the player movement. Mm-hmm that they can incorporate now. Because look, you need John Wall. John Wall is an unbelievable point guard. He really, I think, gives that team a chance in any playoff series. But they also need John Wall to be better. And one of the things that he can do is to take some of the things that Sadoransky was doing, moving off ball, cutting, attacking closeouts the second he receives the catch. Just those little things, I think, would really help the Wizards. Will we see that? I don't know. I'd bet against it just based off Wall's history, but I sure as hell hope we do see little elements of that incorporated with Washington the rest of the regular season and then into the playoffs. Do you give them any shot in the playoffs against? Right now, they're in the sixth seed. Let's just say of the teams, there's three teams that have a chance at the three seed. That's the Cavs, Sixers, and Pacers. You give them any shot to beat the Cavs, Sixers, or Pacers? Yeah. What shot? I mean, which team do they match up best against? Which team would you rather? If you're the Wizards, who would you rather play? I would play not want to face LeBron James. You don't so want to play LeBron, so they're out. Is Joel Embiid back? He's not back. So he misses the entire first round. Misses the first round. I'd, I'd like to face the Sixers. You'd rather play the Sixers than the Pacers? I think so, yeah. Because the Pacers are fully healthy. They know fully what healthy. they're doing. Yep. They've yep. got Oladipo out there doing Depot stuff. Yep. Yeah. Hey, Google, stop the alarm. Um, anyhow, Oladipo has been 
his this shot. This is not going to get you unbanned shot. from the Rights to Ricky Sanchez Look, podcast. Man, hey, if they want to ban me from the podcast for, for being consistently honest, and even and even in times when everybody was like, oh, this, the, the process is a joke, fire Hinky, Hinky sucks. At that time, I was still like, you know what? This is going to be a good thing for them. They're doing the right thing. Sam Hinky's a genius. He's won every trade. I understand that I committed a crime in voting <laughs> Al Horford over Joel Embiid for the All-Star game. I committed a crime, but I hope that crime can be committed because of my history of supporting the process. I love you Hinkie. for so many reasons. It really saddens me. I love you for so many reasons. One, like I said, we get to nerd out together about basketball. You're one of the few people that I know that like likes the nerd elements of basketball as much as I do, so that's great. The second thing is I can put the quarter in and immediately wind you up, and Ugh. and you did it, and it's wonderful. It just hurts. Last, it hurts, Gons. Last one before I let you go, because <laughs> you got a lot of stuff. You're writing a zillion things. You wrote a piece last week that was excellent. I highly recommend it about Kemba Walker and how things have changed for him. Pre-trade deadline, mm-hmm. Kemba Walker goes, don't trade me. I want to be here. Post-trade deadline, before the playoffs are approaching and Charlotte is not going to make it, Kemba's like, hey, I'm going to wait to see who they hire as a general manager, and then we'll talk, and then they'll do what's best for them, and I'll do what's best for me. And you had a couple of potential landing spots for him. Is Kemba on the move? Is this the end of Kemba and Charlotte? I mean, I think they're certainly going to shop him. Uh, most NBA people I've talked to expect his name to be right out there in the trade trade rumor mill, you know, just as it was kind of in January and then a little bit in February. Um, I had the four teams I had were the Knicks, the Bucks, the Suns, and the Cavaliers as teams that make sense on paper based on that team's needs and based on their situation. Another team could be the Pacers as well. Um, I kept them off because the teams I put on there were teams that I think should pursue him. And whereas for Indiana, I'm like, I don't Indiana's know. Indiana's interesting I because they don't have any big money contracts or long-term deals outside They're of Oladipo. They're a great position. Their cap yeah. space is really yep. interesting. Right. They're not tethered to any contracts. Yep. And also, everybody on their team except for Darren Collison and Al Jefferson is – under 30. And Darren mm-hmm. Collison is only 30. So they've got a young team that could have some flexibility. The other one that you mentioned that I thought was interesting was the Cavs. In that scenario, is LeBron staying? Yeah. I would never trade the Nets pick for Kemba friggin' Walker, as good as he is. Wow. F- well, you wrote a LeBron's, whole piece about Kemba friggin' Walker. Yeah, I think you yeah, like him. Well, I mean, Kemba's and, real. Kemba, Kemba Walker. Kemba's a really good point guard, but he's like the 11th or 12th best point guard. And I wouldn't trade the Nets pick unless what I'm also getting is LeBron staying. But that's not an indictment. The Point guard is the deepest position yeah, in the NBA. It's, it's not an indictment against him at all. But what I mean is, why like, do you hate Kemba Walker so much? I would ne- <laughs> I would not trade like the seventh pick in the draft for him. Fair. Unless I'm getting more. Fair. So like even with the Knicks, like I think the Knicks are they'll have like the ninth or tenth pick. Knicks I would believe. be interesting. Right now they're they're in the nine spot. That's kind of where I, I don't feel know if that does it though. A little from Charlotte's, you get a you don't have to come up with more than just that. Well, I mean. What else is out there, though? I don't know. That's you got to gotta give me something more. That, that, Charlotte, that's I the like thing. Him it's like, how, first of all, how many teams need a point guard? Not a lot. Fair. How, how many teams have the assets for a point guard? Not a lot. Fair. How many teams are in situations that Kem- would appeal to Kembo when he wants to go to a winning situation? Not many. So it's like, Fair. there's not many teams that, even like putting the bucks on here, they might not have enough assets for him. Like you said, so and then what be, are you doing? Are you getting rid of Bledsoe? Is Bledsoe in that deal? You just traded for Bledsoe. Are yeah. you playing Bledsoe and Kemba together? It, it, it's an they already tried spot. that. And uh, Bledsoe already had a situation like that in I, Phoenix. Didn't work out. He went to the hair salon. Yeah, I'd bet on Kemba being traded. I think they could probably find something, but it wouldn't really surprise me at all if this waits until the regular season. If there's no good offers during the summer, maybe a team gets desperate before the 2019 deadline rather than the summer of 2018. All right, things to keep our eyes on. Make sure you keep your eyes on KOC one. <laughs> On the ringer.com. And two, if you see him in person, take a good look at the haircut. It's handsome. It's pinup model stuff. No. He's looking good. He's Kevin O'Connor. Read him, guns. listen to him. He's everywhere. He'll be back tomorrow on the Ringer NBA show with uh, Chris Verner. KOC, thanks, Holmes. Cool. Thank you, Gons. That was fun. All right, we're going to bring in Sharks and Chow. And I promise you don't want to miss the end of that segment because we're going to get a little nutty. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Heat Check is brought to you by Ringer Merch. What? We got Ringer Merch now. We have exciting news for all you Ringer heads out there. And Heat Check listeners, the Ringer has new merchandise with a shiny new storefront that you can check out right now. We have hats. I'm actually wearing one as I record this. Hoodies and even an exclusive Shea Serrano disrespectful dunk t-shirt, which is super fly. I think all the kids say fly right now. Or you could say dope. It's that too. Your friends will be low-key jealous when they see you strutting down the street with an official Ringer zip-up hoodie. 
My wife actually asked me for one. I'm going to get her one through the employee discount. We get a discount. You guys get just regular counts. Previously available only to Ringer staffers. We're letting you, our loyal listeners, get first dibs on the goods. Go to the ringer.com slash shop to pre-order your merch now. You can get it before it's even out. These are limited run items and will not last long. Once they are gone, they are gone. Again, check out the ringer.com slash shop to pre-order your official Ringer merchandise today. You can also find the link to the Ringer web store in the show notes for the podcast you're listening to right now. Just click on it. And now, oh, you're going to get excited about this one. It's a little weird, a little fun. It's Charks and Chow. All right, now joining me on the phone is Jonathan Sharks, and joining me in studio is Danny Chow, two-thirds of the Draft Class podcast, except not really. Danny told me that he was on the Draft Class podcast, and then like I saw Twitter, and he goes, yeah, I've only been on twice, so basically Gonzalez was peddling propaganda on my behalf. So, yeah. No, no. Danny's made it his podcast. That's what happened. Right. <laughs> See, I, I've, I've become a regular fixture now, but back a couple weeks ago, everyone seemed to have like ad copy saying that I was part of it. And I was just like, yeah, that's that's, that's pretty generous. You know, <laughs> Lean that's, into that's it, nice. Danny. Lean yeah. into it. Lean into it. Uh, these guys are all over the ringer. They've got a lot of stories right now on theringer.com. Sharks has a piece about how Jalen Brunson could make any team better. So I recommend that you guys go and do that. And by the way, V for Villanova, go Nova tonight. Uh, that'll be exciting. Also, wait, uh, but, but Sharks, you want Michigan because that way you'll win the ringer pool, right? Yeah, I'm all about the small amount of money that could win me. That's what, I'm, that's what motivates me is small amounts of cash. Bra- bragging rights here at The Ringer as well. It's strictly the money for me. I just blog, so I got to get all the money. All I the can, all the money, the you, money. Can, you can get. You're a blog boy. Uh, we did a blog post last week, blog boy, where we did disappointments and surprises on TheRinger.com. Danny, uh, we're going to run ours past you because you were in the field on assignment, working angles and talking to people in Portland. Eating a lot of food. Let's Eating be a honest. lot of food. Uh, <laughs> nice. So we did the most disappointing players and teams and then the most surprising players and teams. So for surprising players, Charks had Fred Van Fleet uh, and I had, and I'll explain mine, Damian Lillard. Let's start with Fred Van Fleet as a surprise. Charks, you want to make the case for Fred Van Fleet? Well, yeah, I mean, like, I kind of thought he'd be like 11th man on this team this year. They already had Kyle Lowry and DeLon Wright, and he's just been so good and undrafted free agent. Now he's like one of their top five players. He closes games for them. He's kind of like, almost remade their team around their bench. He's their best bench player. Their team's all about their bench, and he's kind of been the guy. Yeah, I mean, this is a completely surprising pick. Like, I I wouldn't say he's the most surprising, just because, you know, he's still a bench guy. But again, he's a plus-minus god. The dude just, like, knows how to play, and he's pretty much like an an anchor for for their surprisingly effective five-out, five-in bench defense. It's been amazing. Yeah, he's been good. He's been a lot of fun. I picked Dame Willard, and I'll explain why. I took a liberty with the question in that he has not been surprising to me. Listeners to the Heat Check podcast know how much I love Portland, know how much I love the Blazers, know how much I love Dame Willard. I think he's been surprising to some of our friends here at The Ringer because as recently as the All-Star game, I was mocked mocked by my ringer peers about Damian Lillard wanting to be an all-star and people going, you know, he's lobbying for it. He probably was the last pick. And now all of a sudden, oh, he's in the MVP conversation. The Blazers are in the third uh, seed. I would like to pretend that I'm the type of person who doesn't say I told you so, but I'm not. And I did. (laughs) Look, I'm just saying perception matters a lot. And they are, the Blazers are now clearly the third best team in the West right now. Mm-hmm. But if you if you look at what da- Damian Lillard has been able to do for the past five years, it, it, none of this should be that surprising. 2014 was really his you know breakout year where he was making clutch fourth quarter shots left and right. He still has the last buzzer beating series winner. Yeah. Oh wow, that's interesting. The last one was uh, John Stockton back in the '90s. You're talking about the one that he hit right in Chandler Parsons' face. Uh, yeah, over yeah. Houston. Yeah, yeah, that was great against Houston. That's yeah. his defining moment. Shouts to Dame yeah. Lillard. Uh, unfortunately, no shouts to Wiggins or Isaiah Thomas. Those were our disappointments. You picked Wiggins. I picked Isaiah Thomas for obvious reasons. Make the case for uh, Wiggins. I mean, I was never a huge Wiggins guy, but I figured like he's the piece from Minnesota if they're going to be like an elite team going forward. And it's just disappointing to see him not really develop his game at all, playing with Butler, playing with Tibbs year two. It just seems like we're all waiting for him to get better and it hasn't happened yet. And it's like, let's go, man. Like you're a max guy now. It's time to really produce. And I don't feel like he's really taking that step forward at all. 
just watching the Wolves play all year and how much they relied on Jimmy Butler, I get, you know, he has this huge contract now that he has to live up to, but man, Butler covered for so much of what that team did. And he was really the engine of what made that team even remotely good or great on the borderline. So, I, I mean, really, the the way in which Tibbs kind of gets guys, like, the way Tibbs kind of, I don't know, favors the guys that he favors. Yeah. It was always just going to be Butler's team. And so, It was, you know, and it is. And without him, we saw what happened uh, last night where they get smacked at home while they're trying to, you know, jockey for playoff seating. Right. Mine was obvious. It was IT. You know, he goes from last year being uh, an MVP candidate at this time and marshalling the best team in the Eastern Conference record-wise, seeding-wise, uh, maybe not in actuality because they did get upended, but still, amazing year last year. Everybody loved him. And then all of a sudden, he plays 15 games in Cleveland, falls out of favor, is mouthing everybody, gets traded to the Lakers, has a hip injury. When are we going to see him back? If at all, what's he going to look like? It's... Night and day, and it totally sucks for him. Uh, surprise team. These are pretty obvious. We spent a lot of time on them already, so we won't belabor the point. But Charks, you picked the Blazers. I picked the 76ers, who are in the playoffs. It's very exciting. And then, Charks, you and I landed on the exact same disappointment, the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone had too high hopes, but this is this is brutal, man. What's happened to them? This is It's some sad stuff right now in Detroit. Yeah, you you trade for Blake thinking you're making this playoff push. You go into the season thinking, oh, the East is wide open. And now you're you're spending how much money on Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, Reggie Jackson for for a team that is what five games out of the out of eighth place? That's nuts. Yeah. And they just on a winning streak right now. Like this is crazy. Is there time for me to bring up like my you know, most surprising, most surprising team? Sure. I just think it's Oladipo. I, I, I don't know how many different alternate timelines exist in the NBA in which Oladipo goes from like a de facto second option to what Russell Westbrook and completely underperforms and becomes an all-NBA talent. Killing it. You know? And probably a lock for the most improved player. Absolutely. He's, uh, yeah, he, seems like it. He's yeah. literally broken statistical models for improvement. Like, yeah. I, I think Kevin Pelton brought that up in, in a piece that he wrote for ESPN. I just don't know how much more surprising you can get. And going off that with most surprising team, I think it's I think it's the Pacers. They have a better win percentage than the Spurs right now, which, again, that, oh, takes, away, nice stat. that takes away a lot of context. But just if you were to go into the season and say that, and you were to say Miles Turner probably was the second best, but he was pretty injured the entire year, and yet they still had this record. Mm -hmm. We went into the season thinking Miles Turner was like, He was supposed to be the guy. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. It's almost like you're in my head, Danny Chow. Check out the ringer later this week. We might have some Pacers-related content. Oh, that, nice that's, plug. That's content. synergy, Danny Chow. Uh, you want to do your disappointments, too? Um, no, I think you got it. I, I think you got it. It's, it's the Pistons, and it's Isaiah Thomas. Danny's a positive guy. He's not here Danny's to, like, uh, no, we've, we've had enough of this. Let's just keep the show. I said this before when Danny's come on the show. He really should be the host, because he's like, let's just move it along. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving it along, actually. This is why, if you've made it this far in the podcast heat check, listeners, do we have some a treat for you? Uh, LeBron James earlier this week passed Michael Jordan for the most consecutive double-digit performances in NBA history. In other words, how many games in a row have you scored 10 points or more? He now has 868 after they just beat the Mavericks. That's Unreal. the most in NBA history. The last time he didn't score 10 points or more, 2007. He went three for 13 against Milwaukee. Oof. So that's really interesting, right? So it got me thinking, gang about the active streaks in the NBA because there are a lot of people trying to score points in the NBA, but nobody is even close to putting together a string like LeBron. So after LeBron, who's the top five? So Isaac and I put together a little game for you, and we're going to play that. It's going to be Danny versus Charks trying to come up with the next five oh, active no. streaks. Here we go. Uh, hold on two seconds. We're, gonna, we're just going to pause real quick. Oh! Danny, why don't you explain to everybody at home in Sharks what just happened? Okay, so Gons was wearing a hoodie earlier, and he just stepped off, went into a Superman booth, came out with, like, a classic Terry Stotts, like, houndstooth blazer. Shout-outs nice. to— Nice. Despite the fact that this is uh, 
an auditory medium, I have decided to bring visual props to this game. Gons is a fashion plate. This is how much I am committed to this game. This is how much Isaac is committed to this game. Isaac, let's do it. Well, it's time to play Double Digit Duel, the game that's totally a game and not made up at the last second. Let's bring in our host, Johnny Game Show Gonzalez. Thanks, Iceman. Oh, my God. I am happy to be here on Double Digit Duel, the game that's totally a game and not made up at the last second. Now let's meet our contestants. He was Dallas's most eligible bachelor, but now he's off the market. Let's welcome in everyone's favorite handsome hoops husband. It's Jonathan Jaybird Sharks. For the record, I'm wearing my jammies, living that full blog life. It's perfect. And his opponent, he's a fan of spicy food and even spicier takes. He once said that George Hill is his favorite player and meant it. Let's welcome in Danny Chili Pepper Chow. I am so, so bad under pressure. <laughs> and anyone who has watched any of our pop quizzes on The Ringer knows this. Uh, so let's go. Let's it's go. It's going to go great. Okay, gentlemen, welcome to Double Digit Duel. As you already learned, this is totally a real game where you have a chance to win totally real prizes. Disclaimer, prizes may or may not be real. The Ringer Incorporated, Bill Simmons, LLC, and Sean Fantasy Esquire, not responsible or legally liable. Great. <laughs> let's get started. As we learned, LeBron James has the longest active streak of consecutive games with 10 or more points. We're looking to identify the five active streaks from players still in the league who come after LeBron James. The first player between Sharks and Chow to identify three of the five names on the list after LeBron wins Double Digit Duel, a totally real prize. Ooh. If you get stuck, each of you can ask for a hint one time only at some point during the game. A totally real flip of the coin that I totally did before this show determined that uh, Sharks will go first. Nice. Sharks, your first guess. Okay, so I know the first one is James Harden. I read an article about it. I know that, I know that one for sure. <laughs> He's cheating at double-digit duel. I love it. Question. Yes. So is it just active players or active streaks as well? Both. Streaks that are both active ah, and players that are active. Ah, okay. Yes. Um, so that is correct. So it's my turn? Yes, it is your turn. Okay. This is for all the blog boys. Is it this Kevin is, Durant? This is for all the blog boys. You know, it's interesting. Kevin Durant was on it. Recently had his streak snapped, now has a new streak going, not in the top five anymore. Damn. Yes. Ooh, the Golden State ball sharing offense. He's actually sixth on the current list. Oh. Sixth. Just missed the cut. Wow. Just missed the cut. Good guess, incorrect. Back to John Sharks. Okay, so do I have to guess any of the five or ask you number three? You can like, guess. Can I get points for like getting four or five or something? Any of the any of the five. You already guessed number one, okay. so there are four names left. All right. Are these all names we we know? Or like, are there any surprising names on the list? There, there is. Now. Depending on your definition of the word surprising, uh, I think number five is interesting. But the other three guys that you're looking to identify are big names. Yeah, they're big names, and, and okay, you okay. would expect it. I'm thinking it has to be somebody who really has the ball. Uh, how about DeRozan? DeMar DeRozan, excellent guess. Incorrect. Had a streak Ooh. snapped and uh, has not had a new streak going for quite some time. Last streak that he had going was last year. So uh, not on the list. Not on the list. Back to Chow. Okay, uh, let's go with uh, the Charlotte Hornets all-time leading scorer, Kemba Walker. Ooh, Kemba Walker, go. excellent guess. Not on the list. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is going on here? No, not on the list. Also a good guess. Back to Sharks. Okay, I'm going to guess based on your prior history, I'm guessing you made dame, dames on this list because of your, you're the one hosting this. Damian Lillard, absolutely on the list. Two right for Charks, no right for Chow. Uh, he's one away from winning this game, Danny Chow. Uh, I'm completely used to this. I just want to say one more reason why I was right about Damian Lillard and the rest of my ringer colleagues were not. Chow, you need to bootstrap yourself here, buddy. I mean, I really you need don't. one. I really don't. Let's, let's get us some good content here. You have, a, you have a hint still left. Would you like to use your hint now to keep the game going? Yes. Okay. One of the players on this list who comes right after James Harden. So we have James Harden number one. You're still looking for two, four, and five. Damian Lillard was three on the list. The guy who's at number two on the list, currently injured, a big man. Okay. But his streak is active. Huh. He's a big man who's made some some big moves in his career, uh, most recently last year. Injured now, 
He's a he's a big man who had spent his entire career Man, in one he really place. Is cracking. Spent, yeah, no, I, I'm totally cracking. He under spent pressure, his right? entire career in one place mm -hmm. until making a big move somewhere else last year. It's way too early for this. It's 10:30. I'm cracking under pressure, guys. <laughs> Never trust me in a crisis. Never text me in a crisis. This is gonna be great on a podcast. <laughs> oh wow! Just make any guess. This is incredible. Um, it's a I, place you've been to recently. Oh okay. <laughs> you went for work. Right. <laughs> um, you ate food there. Uh-huh. Okay. You, you wrote about it. I wrote about it? Yeah. Oh. This is great. Wait. Did I? Didn't you? You I don't definitely think so. did. You 100% did. Yeah. As in, like, recently? You, you wrote about it for The Ringer. I, I would say... We, to oh, okay. Right. I got it. Clears his mind. I got it. DeMarcus Cousins. <laughs> yes, he got How it. How long did that take? How long did that take? <laughs> Approximately 55 minutes. This, yes! This show is an hour long. Danny did 58 minutes of it. It's two to one and back to charts. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the... Stay with the host. So I'm going to say Embiid because you're from Philly. Okay, this is an excellent guess. He actually was on this list and would have been on this list if we had done this game a week ago. He had his streak snapped last oh, week. Oh, the injury? Because of his injury. He had he would have ah, been he would have wow. been number five on this list, but he just fell off this list. I'd like to give you partial credit, but I can't. So it's back to Danny. It's two to one. I'm gonna give some more hints here to move it along uh, for everybody's sake. Number uh, four on this list is a big time unicorn for a team that projects to the back end of the Eastern Conference playoffs. And number five on this list is a guy that you actually already mentioned on this podcast, Danny Chow. Sort of a surprising person. Victor Oladipo? Victor Oladipo! It's like Danny Chow could read my mind. He's number five on this list. It's That's two amazing. to two. Uh, Victor Oladipo, 73 straight games with 10 or more points dating back to last year. You guys are looking for number four on the list. Back to Sharks. Sharks, end we're, this now. We're looking for a unicorn. We're looking for one so of our- unicorn from the bottom of the east? From the bottom of the east. Giannis? Giannis Antetokounmpo, there is your winner, Jonathan Sharks. Woo! Thank God you guys saved us from double-digit <laughs> duel. I don't know if you're going to win the NCAA pool, but you won double-digit duel. We'll have a prize to you in the mail probably soon, right, Isaac? Yeah, within the next five to ten years. To ten years. We're going to be on Heat Check for a long time. Make sure you check out Danny Chow and Jonathan Charks on TheRinger.com. You can also listen to them. You can listen to at least one of them. Who knows about Danny Chow on Draft Class on Fridays. They do an excellent podcast. You can also listen to all the other Ringer podcasts this week. You got KOC and Verno on Tuesday, Sources Say on Wednesday, Group Chat on Thursday, and then we will be back next week on Monday with Heat Check. Thanks to Juliet, KOC, Sharks and Chow, and of course, Isaac, who did everything great for uh, Double Digit Duel. It was a lot of fun, Jans. It was a lot of fun. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Bye.